going to call this thing? Well, I don't know. This is really... The podcast or the election? What are we, yeah, what are we calling this thing? Is it like the it's city? Point. It's turning, turning point. Turning point? The I city? think so. Turning it, point? Because I think we're at a genuine, you know, and literal and figurative fork in the road. Okay, the turning, the turning point? What do you think, McNabb? I think how many times have we had the same conversation? You know, I'm 45 years old and you go back to transit and someone can say, well, in the 50s they proposed this, in the 60s they proposed that. You're 45? You talk too much, they do the same thing. I think your turning point is about the idea that we're, we're, shouldn't we be done talking about the same things and not just moving past them, but moving on for a vision, a turning point to vision. I don't know. Yes, I'm, I'm old. I'm, I'm, old. I'm, I'm so much older than the two of you. Not by much, really. At the end of the day. Welcome to, we think it's called Turning Point. <laughs> I've like got it. a trademark on that, Cluche. TM. There'll be a, an invoice in the mail. <laughs> you got to make your money somehow. <laughs> Welcome to Turning Point. Saturday morning at the St. Norbert Farmer's Market. Press the juice out of the berries back into the barrel. Where country meets city. There's fresh from the field corn. There's still some bread left at the old church bakery. And Brett Gordon is sharpening well, knives. Your knife edge will start off round. I bring it from round to a point and then a little bit past until a burr forms. I then polish back and forth uh, on a higher grit stone before ultimately removing the burr. All knives will be sharp enough to shave with when you get them back. Politicians, too, are sharpening their messages. I want Winnipeggers to know that problems have solutions. You have to work with people. Because ultimately, we are going to be judged. Not necessarily by people, by the creator. We're going to be judged. Rather than milling about, many of the campaigns have actually bought books. Yeah, a lot of good conversations today. <clears throat> a lot of people... Most prospective voters are polite. Most, not all. preaching for mayor stuff? Or I'm what? not preaching. I work for CTO. Tough crowd. Even for Fireside, the trio making their market debut. Thank you. Richard Cloutier, what are you doing out and about? Well, the St. Norbert Farmer's Market seems to be a place where mayoral candidates hang out. Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, it's a good place to meet voters, and it's really pleasant. Jenny Motkaluk is running for mayor a second time. You know, I'm really inspired by all of the uh, vendors that are here and the people that work so hard, so I'm really comfortable here. So what are you selling? Selling a uh, vision for a positive and happy future. That's what I'm selling. What does a mayor do? <laughs> um, it depends on the mayor. Seriously? A uh, mayor does anything that's necessary to build a city. So the, the, the mayor doesn't have a lot of literal power, right? You're basically a glorified city councillor, so you get one vote and there's 15 others. So uh, persuasion that. I, I, I mean, I lost one vote the entire time I was on council, and my goal was always to try and get 12 votes. But Glenn Murray was mayor of Winnipeg from 1998 to 2004. He left the job mid-term to run federally and lost. He moved to Toronto, joined the Ontario Liberals and served as a member and then a cabinet minister in the Ontario government, resigning in 2017. He finished fourth in the leadership of the Green Party of Canada in 2020. He is the perceived frontrunner in a race with 11 candidates. The hard thing for a lot of people is just to have the courage and confidence to take clear, con 
clear stands on things. And I think that was one of the things I had a reputation for, maybe not always being as politic as I His might. is a long political uh, resume with many successes uh, owed to his aggressive approach in a newly elected NDP government from 1999 that spent heavily on downtown Winnipeg. So what can we do? Does Winnipeg need Glenn Murray? Or, given his last few years, does Glenn Murray need Winnipeg more? Clinic now nine circles. I used to spend my nights from nine o'clock to three o'clock in the morning working with kids. With do we know what a mayor does and why it's important? Things that things run smoothly on different levels. That there can be agreement, a disagreement, but it's still. It still can work. The general manager of the city. For the mayor to work, he has to be able to work with the, uh, the province and the federal government. I mean, that's the only place we can get more money from. So he can't be too much of a disruptor. The only way to advance the city of Winnipeg is through collaboration. Collaboration with other city councillors, collaboration with business. Scott Gillingham is the city councillor for St. James. He was the lead pastor at Grace Community Church for 12 years. First elected in 2014, Gillingham has served as Mayor Brian Bowman's key executive policy committee member, standing by his side on city budgets. They want to get stuff done, and they want to be able to have somebody to go in there and kick some ass. Can you kick ass? You can hold people accountable. There's ways to, it's about getting results. Do you want, you know, you can, you can have flash and someone who's a disruptor, you can have someone who's got flash, but can you get results? I've got a track record of getting results. I will get results that builds the city of Winnipeg. I don't think it's about kicking ass, if I can use that term. It's, a, it's about setting the priorities and working with the, the elected officials. What are the priorities for the city of Winnipeg? What have you heard from residents? I don't want to know Kevin Klein has been an outsider at City Hall. He's not one to set up a booth at a farmer's market. He's asking supporters to come to him at town hall meetings. His experience? In the business community, including a stint as the publisher and CEO of the Winnipeg Sun, he was elected to council in 2018. And I have seen no example of that. And I've also seen the division that's created between council, EPC especially, uh, the other councillors, but also the public service. So the public service to me seems to have taken on more and more and more authority and taken it away from councillors. And I believe we have to reverse that. We immediately have to stop that. We have to start reversing it so that councillors are doing their job, they're accountable to the residents by weighing in on decisions that are important and not just passing them off to the public service that's why we're stuck on a bunch of issues and the only thing that's going to work is different and my career as you know has been working in the nonprofit sector but starting businesses this is how I describe different and the businesses I've started hire people with criminal records, people who are in constant contact with police, and I see this... Sean Loney a has a background in government and community business effective. ventures. Build, giving ex-criminals a new start in skills, co-founded other firms in energy and food, wanting to bring that experience to City Hall. All of the tax increases, Richard, in the last 15 years have gone to emergency services. we got to get a hold of our emergency services budget, and I have the experience that can lead, rally the community around the solutions that can deliver exactly that. You're right, there is generational differences here. Um, you know, even at 45, um, there are definite different ways in which we view the world and just need 
being a being a woman, living the life that I've lived. Lawyer Rana Bukhari was Manitoba provincial liberal leader for almost three years from 2013 to 2016. She's returning to politics, hoping to capture a younger, disenfranchised voter. It was quite interesting because that is what you get from these local events, is that connection to people. I'm wired. And if there is a disruptor in this race, it's Don Woodstock. Council once. Council once. MLA twice. MP once and city and, um, and mayor twice. Why? Because the, the issues have never been addressed as how I see them. And the things that I have done for the city, I'm yet to find somebody who have done anything. And I mean the word done with their own time, their own money, their own effort. Woodstock owns an alarm company. He's never been taken that seriously in previous campaigns, but he has a story to tell. Be the man you're supposed to be by following your heart. And that's Don Woodstock. That's what I am. Whether I win, lose, or draw, this world is, is a better place because of me. The city is a better place because of me. You have Idris Adelaikin, Rick Schoen, Chris Classio, and former Liberal MP Robert Falcon Willette, all campaigning, all have social media presence, but in a race of 11, nine men, two women, it's expected only two or three will emerge to have a shot at frontrunner Murray. We live in a political world. But campaigns do matter. Issues, the record, and character of the candidates, it all matters. And in the weeks ahead, we'll take a good look at those issues, the candidates, their resumes, and we'll profile and interview the people that are looking for your vote. So on your ballot for mayor, you have city councillors. We have 15 wards in Winnipeg. Now, two councillors have already been elected by acclamation. No one is running against them. So Debbie Sharma and Old Kildonan and Marcus Chambers in St. Norbert, St. River, they're in. There are 42 candidates in the other 13 wards. Only five are women, five of the 42. Councillor Chambers, what, is a, what does a councillor do? Well, councillor works with the mayor and with his other colleagues uh, to bring that vision of the city forward. He also works with his constituents in their ward to get their voices and bring that back to City Hall. But aren't you a glorified 311 operator? There are days I do feel like that, but uh, it's also about making all of the decisions that people uh, just don't have all of the information. They're not as informed as a city councillor, and you've got to make those decisions that are in the best interest of those taxpayers as well as the city of Winnipeg. Turning point. I'm 680 CJOB's Richard Cloutier with my colleagues from the start, Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Why is this so important, Loren? I think... I've said this before, but every single day when you wake up, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, your life has been touched by things that this are controlled by City Hall. You go to wash your face, you flush the toilet, you go out, move the garbage out on the curb, you get in the car, you complain about the potholes, you drive to work, you're ticked off at parking, you're ticked off at where your spot is, you're looking around and trying to figure out you know, how to save a little bit in your bottom line. I mean, just the very basic things are run by your city. And it's also the place, I think, 
you love the most and maybe complain about the most. You know, you have this sense of pride and shame at the same time. So it matters because who's giving you that sense of pride and shame? It's 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 the folks at City Hall. Yet, depending on the turnout here for October 26, Greg, we're either looking at one in three voting, maybe half of Winnipegger will Winnipeggers will vote for this. That's still deplorable. It makes me scratch my head because as Loren says it really is the level of government that has the most impact on your day-to-day life and we can be an M and complain about taxes all we want at the federal the provincial level and there are high level services provided by both those levels of government but every single day you're stuck in traffic every single day you're making the decision to take transit or to not take transit when it snows how quickly are the sanding trucks getting out there how quickly are the plows did they wreck my boulevard when they were plowing i mean the list goes on and on the impact and and the fact that people don't in my mind take more time care and consideration to vote in this election it scratches my head we cannot vote for the prime minister directly we cannot vote for the premier directly but you can vote for your mayor and your city councillor a lot of the city councillors have said that they feel like glorified 311 operators the role to me of a councillor and a mayor is to set direction and to set policy but it seems that there's so much dysfunction at city hall that you have to call your local councillor to get your street cleaned cleared or something fixed as opposed to waiting for 311 saying that you know they'll get around to it maybe next year so there's a lot of dis- problems within our city right now. Once upon a time, you could make a phone call to the sewer and water department or to the traffic department or the city works, and you might get a supervisor on the phone. Hey, they were cleaning my uh, front street with the street cleaner the other day. The guy wasn't using the water. I'm imitating my grandfather now, circa 1983 in the West End. And this is a no truck route, my grandpa would say. You can't drive down here. He could phone somebody, somebody who was directly involved in making that decision and perhaps even enforcement. And now you get the rigum rule. And so that one area, that one level of government that we just outlined is so directly connected to your everyday life. There's that level of bureaucracy whenever you want to make an inquiry about what the heck's going on on the end of my, what's going on at the intersection at the end of my street. So is this then about electing somebody that can kind of steer through all that red tape? Is that what you're getting, the vibe that you're getting from people? That we want somebody that actually can get stuff done? Get stuff done, shake the tree a bit so you can shake out some of the answers. But I also think that you're electing someone that you hope at the end of the day is not just fixing the street, but fixing the process to which you even complain about the street in the first place. So it's about from the bottom up or the top down, however you want to look at it. If I have a concern and I don't know where to go, that's a problem. And if my only answer is my my politician for my ward, that's a problem. So you want the guy to fix the process so that you're not just going to the politician every time because that doesn't make sense. That does not a... That's not a a winning situation. Yeah, you don't want to have to go back to where your grandfather could pick up the phone and talk to the supervisor. If you call 311, you want the clock to start and that there is an expectation that the problem is going to get fixed with either later that same day, 24, 48 hours, not next week, not two weeks, not two years from now. And that's part of the dysfunction at City Hall. I'm a customer and that's what's lost, I think, in this equation 
is that I pay taxes, I expect a certain level of service for a whole bunch of things. And when I want to call into question that the level of service I'm receiving, it's impossible for me to get an answer, whether I'm a citizen or even as part of the media, there seems to be a shortage of answers and willingness to communicate from the individuals who are making the decisions. With my 680 CJOB colleagues, that's Greg Mackling. This is Loren McNamba. I'm Richard Cluche. You're listening to Turning Point. You've got a trademark on this, don't you? I do. Okay. There's an invoice coming. All right. Uh, and I didn't get you your tea either. So there's some bitterness there as well. I got you a coffee, so you're being a lot nicer to me, Loren, in this. Uh, in the end, though, you have only a certain... You've got actually fewer members of council than you do members of the Manitoba legislature that represent Winnipeg. So it's quite the task for city councillors if they're spending a lot of their time answering phone calls because you're not getting satisfaction at 311. We talk a lot about what city councillors do. We need to talk about what they don't do. You know, they don't shape healthcare in the sense that they can do something about uh, the problems with uh, not enough beds. They can with the fire paramedic service. There's a lot of expectations that our politicians solve a lot of the problems, but my experience is if you're a city politician you need to have a really good relationship with the manitoba legislature because they have the spending power they can solve a lot of the problems in the city of winnipeg you can change bylaws as a as a city council you can change some policies but often you might have to go to the province to change the bigger overarching law that will help you get things done so that relationship is important for a couple reasons not just because um, we work together in a dollar sense. We, we all live and work together and come in and out of the city. So you have to have that relationship be strong. But you also need to understand as a city councillor, I took a call from a candidate who ran in Minarski a few years ago in the last election. And he said he'd often hear at the doors in that war, people were stressed and concerned about crime. And they wanted him to fix crime, fix the homeless situation. Much the same conversation we're having now. And he said back to them, okay, but then I need to work with other levels of government. That's not just a fix at City Hall. So the the voter also has to understand that that councillor needs to have that relationship. Because that so many of these issues don't get answered right at Main Street. So are we then looking for a mayor and council that can kick the appropriate amount of ass within the bureaucracy, Loren, but also get along with people at the city and at the provincial level, and in some cases at the federal level, because in politics right now, we look south of the border and we see all the disruptors that are out there. We see it federally, we sometimes see it provincially, the, the, the us versus them type of attitude. My sense is, is that city councillors have to get, get together find some consensus in many ways but they also need to be able to get along with the the provincial government so on the one hand are we looking for one type of politician to deal with the bureaucracy and another type of politician to be able to get along with other levels of government you have to be both i suppose in some ways right you have to be the guy who's going to shake the trees you get to be the girl who's going to go down there and make your voice heard but at the same time if you if you like squeak too loudly or shout too much you might not get the money or that change and that you want from the provincial government it's a tough job you're dancing a line all the time but if you're someone who leads and your team understands your vision 
then I think if you are a good leader, people will follow and the community will understand what you're after. And if you have the power of the community, then wouldn't it make sense that the folks of Broadway would understand what you're after? Bang on, Loren, and that's the word. It's always been the word. The key word for me is vision. And politicians like to throw that word around and bandy it about as some sort of, you know, intangible thing and, and sort of in a perfect world. No, no, no. I want a vision that is tangible. I want one that speaks to specific issues within our community on public safety. This is the direction I feel is appropriate. When it comes to downtown, this is a vision that we can work towards. Transit, all these different issues that seem to be stuck in, as you like to say, Richard, stuck in the 1980s, the 1990s, and we're kicking and screaming and still having a conversation about what type of rapid transit should we move forward with. The outgoing mayor had two, in my mind, two big visions for this city, and that was to complete four, five, six. The number escapes me now. The point is, the action after two terms is zero extra legs of rapid transit and he was going to open portage in maine to pedestrians well neither one of those things has happened and so i want somebody that's going to be as loren says what i can point to when i have that conversation on broadway when i have that conversation when the prime minister or federal minister comes i've been saying these are my five core principles my vision for our community i'm prepared to walk a line through those issues and dance around on either side of black and into gray and into white. But I've told people this is where we're going. I've been given a mandate and this is what I'm working towards. My taxes have gone up quite a bit and I don't feel like I'm getting bang for the buck. You know, like we've had libraries closed. The police station moved out of St. James and is across in Charleswood past we down Park. around 10 p.m. one night and we witnessed someone getting kicked lying on the ground and their purse taken from a lady. And we had to stop, we called the police and then they asked, the police asked some questions. I went and looked and they were gone. Like, Blasting out, like it's exploding. The construction is just unreal. And you wonder where the people are going to come from to fill all these homes and apartments and condos. And Talking with Winnipeggers, most say they will vote in the October 26th election. We'll see about that. But there are concerns over the economy. Taxes, finance, important, especially in inflationary times. Crime, break-ins, the impact of drugs. And as we emerge out of the pandemic, the state of our city. Thriving suburbs that continue to see growth and the struggles of downtown. You quickly get the sense that there is room for someone who can really lead and advocate for our city to us, to the country, to the world, something that's been missing for a few years now. We continue to grow, but we are growing in ways that are still growing out. And so we get back to some conversations we've had in previous elections. I just drove down 59 to La Jamodier, big development going on in Sage Creek. You know, there's big developments going on in Waverly West. Housing's booming in those spots. You come downtown, though, you still see some storefronts that are closing, boarded up windows, those kinds of things. We need to get back into a vision for what looks good for Winnipeg. So I think crime is a big issue everywhere in every single neighborhood. But to me, at the end of the day, is what do you want this city to look like? Not just tomorrow, but 20 years from now and it gets back to a big picture I think idea if, if someone came out and said look how beautiful it would be or amazing if we had a b c and d 
would you be able to get on board with those ideas, understanding that that might help alleviate crime in some way with more jobs or alleviate your sense of not loving your city or your pride if you added some really great things to it? I don't know. I think that there, there are two things. Crime and safety are important. But I think someone coming out and just telling me what, how much they love the city and what they think it could be in 20 years would go a long way. My dad used to say, sometimes you have to buy your freedom. And what he meant by that was that you have to stand up for something. And the people closest to you may not agree with that vision or that approach. But if you're committed to it, eventually people come around to the idea that, you know, I want to be an architect or I, I want to be a doctor or I want to be an electrician or whatever your vision for your future is. It might not be the vision that your grandparents or your parents had for you, but you're sort of in charge and, and you can come along for the ride. I'm doing the work and I'd love to have your support along the way, but this is the road I'm going. So we can get there together or I, I might have to be the bully and I might have to stand up for some things that you might not necessarily like, but I can promise you this, that it's going to be clear what the vision is and what we need. And so when it comes to active transportation, when it comes to transit, when it comes to downtown development, that sustainable development, Richard, and fixing that donut that we've got going on, and you and I both remember the day Portage Place opened, that was going to be the thing that cured Winnipeg of that donut syndrome. And we were half the size we were then as we are now, and we continue to ignore the middle to our peril. Turning point? Turning point. Okay. You can have it, it's a gift. Thank you. I owe you a tea. One small really step at a time. We were, where we were eight years ago now. No, and here we are again. That's because we were like stuck with felt, a guy like, that didn't do what he said he was going to do. It felt like a turning point eight years ago. And I understand the pandemic has changed so many things. I understand that. But but look at downtown as an example. Maybe what an we should call this churning point. Maybe churning, churning point. Be better. Because, but you know, think about this though. Like, okay, I've seen blueprints and plans, right, for the river. What they'd love to do with the river system. You've seen what they'd love to do with the forks. You've seen what they'd love to do with transit. And then it's taken forever for any of those things to come to fruition. And it's... It's frustrating. It's like, like we're and three... And so not one of those things has come We're to three fruition. people that are frustrated. You can just imagine how people generally feel about their politicians is that you know election season they say anything to get elected and then boom when they actually get elected not a whole lot happens 20 years ago i moved back to the city 25 i guess 1997 boy time flies when you're having fun and there was a sense then that winnipeg had sort of claimed even though the jets had just left winnipeg the pan am games were on the horizon and i'm not going to overstate with that two weeks in August or late July and early August did for Winnipeg, but it was a little bit of a coming out party. We felt great. We, we felt did. great about ourselves. Yeah, and it wasn't about whether anybody was watching on TV or not. It was about being at the Forks for the concerts. It was about walking your city. And I don't want to give any... No, I'm not going to go there. Yes, I am. There was an event years ago at the, the corner, at the intersection of Portage and Maine, and there was a concert there. And you know, we got to walk Portage Avenue for the first time and look around and see, I'm gonna say it's true beauty, it's true potential in a way that we were never ever able to do before. It's like when you go on a boat on the river, I'm seeing the city yeah, in a, a different, different way yeah. that I haven't seen it. And so these are big picture things, but you know, you were giving me, we were 
talking about cream and whether it makes a difference to have milk or cream. I know, you know one of my happiest days, one of my best days in the spring is the day they paint the lines on Henderson Highway. When they paint the lane lines and they paint the crosswalks, the city just looks just a tiny little bit better. And when I go to a, a ball field, when my kids play baseball and the grass is cut nicely and the and everything is raked out all nicely and the lines are we chopped We shouldn't have to beg for that. That's, That's why we pay taxes. Turning Point, the 680 CJOB podcast about the 2022 Winnipeg Civic Election Campaign. For Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling, I'm Richard Kluchek.